Philippians chapter number 2. Last week we started a series uh, on the steps to unity. How many is a little excited about the series we began last week? Amen. Philippians chapter number 2, verse number 1, if you're there, say Amen. If there be any consola- if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord. Of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Let not, ev- let not every man of his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, whom being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself, And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth. And things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring or disputing and disputings. And that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, hold forth the the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if... I be offered upon the sacrifice of service of your faith. I joy and rejoice with you all 
For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've done to this service. I pray, God, that you would anoint my lips of clay, that I may speak as the oracles of God. Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to be of one mind and one accord and the steps of unity. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You all can be seated in the name of the Lord. The church we are in today, we are commissioned to be unified. Paul plainly spoke to the church at Ephesus here, or, or the church at Philippi, that they should be of one mind and one accord. First step we covered last week was the step of consolation, encouragement. This means that you would encourage, you would comfort, you would you would exhort, you would strengthen one another. In order to have a, a unified church, you must be able to encourage. You must be able to comfort. You must be able to strengthen one another when, when you are dealing with uh, unity and being unified. We must have constellation. You must be able to comfort. And today we're talking about the second step. The second step is, or the trait would be love. Love. There is, there is comfort to know that we are loved by Jesus. No matter what you do in life, no matter where you go, uh, there's going to be people that hate you. Jesus said that you would be hated for my name's sake. Without a shadow of a doubt, I promise you that hate will always bring division. Hate will always separate. If you are, are married and you start hating your spouse, I promise you that that will bring disunity in your marriage. If you are operating in anything other than love, I promise that there will be a separation uh, from, from what God wants in your life. But you don't have to go very far in our world to find hate. Hate is everywhere you go. No matter what, you could turn on the radio or the TV or whatever you want to do, uh, you will find people that hate, people that will always despise your, your well-doing and hate you for the things that you're doing. And, but in all of the hate in our world, there is comfort to know that Jesus is love. The love of Jesus has the ability to stir up the unity of each and every one of the believers here today. I believe today that it's impossible for you to be unified with your brother or sister in a church if you don't love them. 
But there's something about when you get in contact with the love of Jesus. I tell you what, you start wanting to get to, to bind together. Have you ever seen people that, that feel in lovey, all lovey-dovey? My oldest daughter, Nevaeh, she was a clinger. She'd want to lovey-dovey and hang on me, right? She'd want to hang, right? She'd want to, you know, be like, come on now. She just says, I just want to love on you, Daddy. I just want to love. You know, something about uh, loving somebody always wants you to grab a hold and be near and close. And, and I'll tell you, if you love one another, I promise you, you will be more unified as a church. If the church don't love itself... It's impossible for you to love the world, right? One scripture says, if you, don't, if you cannot love your brother whom you have seen, how can you love God whom you haven't seen, Amen. right? I tell you what, you're going to have to have a love in order for you to get together in unity, right? If we don't love one another, what are we going to do? Paul said it like this, it is, if any comfort of love, I promised you today, if you love someone, they will receive comfort. If you, if you have a child that is, is going through a bad time, maybe stub their toe or, or, or cut their finger or whatever, you love on that kid and I promise you to make it feel better. You know, somebody said, oh, let me kiss it and make it all better. The kissing doesn't make it better, but the love makes it better. Because the love makes unity. What would happen if each and every member of the church loved each other enough that when you are in trouble, we want to love you through it? If you are going through trial, we want to love you and not push you down and accuse you and not, not walk on you, not, not try to talk about you behind your back, but rather love you. If we would love, I promise you, we would be in unity. It's impossible to be in disunity with someone if you love them. If you truly love someone... You would want to unite with them because you would want to see the best for that individual. Not everybody has your best intentions in heart, right? Some people, they, they just, you know, you can tell that they're, they're very fake and, they're, and they're, their words doesn't match their actions. They say they love you, but their, their, their mouth is far from you. Well, scripture says that they, they love me and praise me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. And oftentimes that happens with our brothers and sisters in church. Oh, I love you, brother. I love you. You're going, Lord's blessing you. I see it all over you, brother. And then you go over to some, you know that brother Dylan. Give it five more weeks and he's out. Oh, I've talked to him the other day. He's in trouble. That's not love. Love, what does it do? It builds up. It comforts. We talked about last week about having consolation, comforting someone. Because of following after the Spirit, when the Spirit of God comes to comfort you, when someone else is in trouble and someone else is going through a battle, you should comfort them as well. 
When you step into the step of consolation and you go into the comfort of love, I tell you what, there's something about that. When you come in and you've had a bad day and you're crying and my boss cussed me out today and I think I'm going to get fired and all this stuff, you know, and you're just like, I've, you know, teacher, you know, they're going to give me an elf and it's just because I didn't do my work. I don't know why I didn't do my work, but he still should give me a good grade. But anyways, you know, you're having a bad day. So you come in, you're crying, right? You're upset. You know what? That, 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 that love, that hug, that makes you, makes you feel better, makes you feel comforted, makes you feel like you can, you can make it. When you had a bad day, when you come to the house of God, lots of times when people come to church and they had a bad day, what happens? Well, you know, they, they run them down. They talk about it. They, and that causes disunity in the church. Because when someone else is struggling in their faith, we should love them enough to encourage them and comfort them to say, hey, we know you're going through a tough time, but God has got the power to help you. The word love is agape, agape love. It is the love that is selfish. Selfless. Selfish. Say that. Selfless. 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 Thank you, Brother Little D. It is sacrificial. It is, yeah, you know what? You know, it's one thing to say you love someone. It's another thing to sacrifice for that person. It's one thing to say you love someone. And, and it's another thing, you know, to, to actually be selfless. That means you prefer them before you. Right? What does it say? He said that, you know, prefer the other his own things before your own, yourself if you truly love someone you will give them time you will sacrifice for them you will fight for them you will do whatever it takes whatever needs to be done for that individual have you ever seen a church that didn't have that kind of love and that is a disunified church if you don't love someone enough to fight for that person, to, to guard that person, to, to be selfless with that person, to where you would put your own needs aside and take care of that. I tell you what, there's something about a mama's love, Sister Ann. I'm not a mama, but I'm a daddy. Sometimes I'm a daddy bear, papa bear, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's something, you know, when, it, when your kids are in trouble, they need you. You know what? It doesn't matter your personal needs. Their needs matter. More than yours. If all you got is one double quarter pounder, you know, whatever, and that's all you got, you know, you say, you want my pe- you want my bun? You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or you give that. You, you would make sure that they ate before you. My mom used to make sure that we ate and she didn't eat. And you know what, if that would happen across the aisle, where you would care more about them than you do yourself. Agape love, that is, that is the, the actual love of love, of the love of Christ. It is, it is who God really is. He, show, he has shown us, and 
the love of Jesus. Unworthy we are that He gave us His love and He sacrificed Himself for us. Unworthy we are, but yet He's still done that. Across the aisle, unworthy they are. Yeah. I was going to say something, but the Lord stopped me. I chose that I was going to love. Brother Dylan, I, sister. Unworthy of love. But I'm still going to love you anyways. Right? That's the way it was with Jesus. You was unworthy of the love of Jesus, but what did He do? He loved you anyway. We did not... Do anything to receive the love. Right? We do. We need to love someone. Even when they don't deserve it. Even when they are unworthy of love. Jesus loves despite of all. All of our mistakes. Our, our troubles. Our trials. Our, our, our talking negative about the church and about God and the word of God and and all of our mistakes that we've made and and we've when we've blasphemed and we've done things we've cursed God walked away from God many of us many have backslid on the Lord but the love of God still reaches out what would happen if a backslider came in to church that you had an alterization, how you say that word, before they left. Maybe you all got into it before they left and said, I'm glad they're gone. And here they came back to church. Will you love that person? Story, it was told about a man who his wife, ex-wife, committed adultery on him. Done all kinds of terrible things to him one day she came into church several years later scarred by life the things that she had went through the mistakes that she had made all of the things that had taken place but she had came to church and came to the altar and there stood that man in which she had done him so wrong over the years, prayed for her. And she was restored. She was renewed in the Holy Ghost. That is a sign of true forgiveness. And that is the sign of true love. Just imagine the spirit of unity that would exist within the church if every Remember, allow the love of Jesus to flow through them. If He loved you, let it flow through you. Well, how can I love? I, you know, how can I love them? They done that too. They cussed me out. You know, they done something to my children or whatever it may be. I promise you, if everybody let the 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 the, the, the love of God flow them like they do the Holy Ghost. It would be a lot different. There, they wouldn't be no, there wouldn't be no bitterness. There wouldn't be no anger. There wouldn't be no strife. No, 
No actions would be taking place to hurt another person whatsoever. Imagine a world like that. Imagine a church where you wouldn't try to hurt anybody. And, 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 and from the pastor's uh, viewpoint, so often you see things happen in a church where people, they, they try, you know, they, they hurt people on purpose. And they talk about them, they run them down. And that is, well, that is uh, the very thing that will cause disunity in the church. If a person has wronged you and deserves punishment, we as the church needs to sacrifice and give them over to Him. Give them over to them. If we could read verse number 2, it says, it says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love. The same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but lowliness of mind. Let every or let each esteem another better than himself. We must have that love in our lives. If you don't have that, it will cause division in the church. Amen. Having that same love. What love are we talking about? It's the love of Jesus. If you don't love, have the love of Jesus, I mean, what are you going to do? There's not, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's amazing how people can say that they are a Christian and they don't have any love. If you hate people, that's not of God. God is love. The answer to unity today in our church, in every church around the world, it is the love of God. It is the spirit of love. You ever seen somebody have the spirit of love on them? You know, that you could tell that that's just God flowing through them. When you talk, when they go in, in, out on the streets, as we often do in warm weather, we talk to someone and you can look through them. When you, they look at the, you, you, you can see them look at the, someone through eyes of compassion, eyes of love. And you love them just like they were one of your own. Right? You love them just like it was your brother or your sister on the side of the road. You cry with them. You weep with them. You pray with them. I've put my arms around around people and loved them I didn't even know them but it was through the spirit of love I promise you if our church gets that we will be so unified with just these first two steps and we got seven steps we're going to go over in this, in this series uh, but just the first two steps if we just done those two I promise you we'd be a more unified church right let that spirit of love flow through us how desperately we need it. How desperate we need, we need the Spirit of God to move through us and the Spirit of love to flow through us to each and every person in the church. When we look at somebody, we wouldn't despise them. You wouldn't say, well, I can't believe, you know, 
look at them, you know. I can't stand them. I don't like them. I wish they never showed up to church, you know. Let them go find somewhere else to go. No. John chapter 13, and verse number 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Notice verse 35. It says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye love one another. You know what? Only God can allow someone to love a child molester. A rapist, a murderer. Only God can give you the power and the ability to love someone that burnt your house down or broke into your house and stole everything out of your house. Only God can help you love that person, or else you would probably be going down there and giving him a knuckle sandwich. Sometimes you say, I'm going to go down there and, you know, knock them out. You know, they broke into my car. You know, they stole my cassette tapes. I got to get down and get, I got to get over there and get my, get my cassette tapes back. You know, whatever. Maybe it's a CD or whatever. But you know what? You, it takes the Holy Ghost to do that. You know what's peculiar about the church? And makes it different than any other, any other people in the world. Is that we love. We love each other. Watch all them people hugging each other all the time. Love you, brother. Love you. You know, talk to you later. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. He's like, love you, sister. Be like, man, all this lovey-dovey stuff. I was like, I'm not used to that. You know, so often people live their whole life and they've never been told that they, that they are loved. Parents never tell their children they love them. My dad said that, that my papa never told him that he loved him. He, he showed him, but he never said, I love you. So often people live their life. Not feeling loved. That's why they, there's suicide rates and de- depression and, and all kinds of things. Because they feel like they're not loved. And they come to the house of God and they feel loved. I said, wow. It's something that is very different. Right? And some people say, I'm not used to feeling this much love. But that's how people is going to notice that you are one of his disciples if you love one another. John 15 and 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love you? He gave himself for you. One scripture concerning a husband and wife, it says that a husband should love his wife as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Now you all considering marriage here today, let that sink in. Are you willing to give yourself for, for your spouse? Would you 
die for the person sitting next to you? Don't raise hands now. Some people might push somebody else in front of the bullet. Here, take them. You know, you know. Would you do that? Right? Romans chapter number 12, verse number 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. How do you say that word? Dissimulation. Arboring that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. So, if you are, if you are truly loving someone, you let things go. You don't hold on to things. You don't arbor the things that are evil, that are bad. You don't hold grudges. Has anybody ever held grudges? You know, you see somebody, and you say, oh, 15 years ago, oh, they done this. And you hold grudges. I promise you that holding grudges is a sin. Let that sink in. Write it down, you little book. I mean, he's got a little book. But uh, if you if you hold grudges, that's not love. There's no way you could unite with the person across the aisle if you hold a grudge of something they did 25, 30 years ago. If Jesus has forgave them, you should forgive them too. If Jesus loves them. And gives them another chance. You should love them and give them another chance. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they've changed. Maybe they haven't. Don't hold grudges. Let it go. Cleave to the things that are good. Say, I'm going to pick your good qualities and focus in on those. Yeah, there's some, th- there's some things that are wrong. But I'm not going to focus on that. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse number 12. It says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do towards you. So, how are you going to increase in, 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 in the love? It's the Lord that makes your love grow. The Lord make you to increase and abound in love one to another. So how are you going to love someone that's unlovable? The Lord is making you to be a loving person. To love that person. To love the individual that's on the street. Love everyone. Even as, he says, even as I towards you. And you think about the context in which that scripture was written in the book of Thessalonians. If you study out the context, it was a very, very rough time for Paul and his disciples. It was written in a time they was, they was under lots of pressure, persecution, lots of things. It was a time in which love shouldn't have been present. It should have been, you know, all out war and fight in defense and hate because of the things that were happening to them. But yet, the Lord rose up the love in them. Right? 
First Peter chapter number 1, verse number 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Mm. So often people says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much, right? And I preach it and I, I you know, that's powerful. But what about loving someone fervently? What about pouring love on them fervently, unfeigned, undefiled, purified? Just as we have been purified and obeying the truth, we should let that take us to a place to where we can love someone else with everything in us. Right? With everything. Let's all stand. I was going to do the next step. Next step is the Holy, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Fellowship. Fellowshipping with the Spirit. The trait of fellowshipping in the Spirit. And that's the one all us Pentecostals like. I mean, I may, I may have to preach next Wednesday. We're not having church. We're, we're, not, we're having business meeting next Wednesday. But uh, so you'll have two weeks before we get to that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back into this and, learn, and, and learning about the Spirit, our fellowshipping in the Spirit of God. Fellowshipping with the Spirit of love, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost moving in our lives. And then, then you have the, the compassion. And we're, I'm looking forward to getting into to all of the steps of unity or the steps to unity. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm so glad that we have the love. How many loves me after that? You still love me? I love each and every one of you all. So glad you're here. Uh, I love I love teaching these series. Um, and so that's good because, uh, you know, lots of times, you know, preachers don't get done. It's like, we run out of time. And you're like, man, I, 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 I really wish I could have finished that. That, that Bible study. And so we just break it up and teach it in series. And what should probably take 45 minutes to an hour to get done, it takes me seven weeks. So I just let you know that. Um, you know, there you go. So God bless you all. But I really enjoy I actually taught the works of the flesh for 13 weeks. And I really, how many enjoy the works of the flesh, right? All of them is on our Facebook, and some of those I think are still or have been uploaded to our website. We we started our website and our podcast somewhere towards the end of our series, so only like one or two lessons are on there. And there, lesson number thirteen, final judgment. I was, I was, he threw it on the screen. There you go. So. Flash back your memories, Amen. So I'm excited about this uh, this series, Amen. So we're going to get ready to dismiss. Remember, next Wednesday.